You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. So Mike's given me the new responsibility of starting the show because he's working the microphones. But I'm not, he wanted me to start with a joke, but I don't know any. So I'm going to throw it to you and you can open the show with a joke. You're really going to back out from the open the show with a joke I honestly thing? don't know any, like like a knock-knock joke. No, that'd be a knock-knock joke. Just something witty and fun to kick us off, to let people no, know we have No, I'm more of a Seinfeld observational, okay. well, big salad are. kind of joke person. <laughs> okay, well then welcome back to Screening in Kingston, everybody. <laughs> we're, uh, we've got uh, an interesting show today because we're talking about a mo- one movie. We're talking about the movie Greta. We've got only three fan questions. So Taylor brought, I believe, what, 12 headlines? It was a busy news week. And this was um, without some, like I cut some headlines. And we both just discussed we're in moods today. Yeah. So (laughs) we don't know where this is going to go. And we're both similar that when we're in a mood, our filter disappears. Yeah. So my claws might be out. Yeah, we're going (laughs) to... We're going to do our best. Um, so let's start with some fan questions. As I said, we only have three today. Um, That's still not bad, though. No, it is. Yeah. It, the last couple of weeks, we've had five or six. Or and s- they were paragraphs long. Yeah. So these are much shorter. Um, so thank you. It gets us off on a, on a good note. So Austin, who I believe has written it before. I remember that name. Says, hi, Mike and Taylor. Do either of you have a movie pet peeve? If I were to guess, I'd say Mike doesn't like repetitive plots or shot-for-shot, he put in quotations, remakes based on his Upside review and A Star is Born. What would you say are your movie pet peeves? Uh, I don't know. I don't... It's hard to say. Like, I don't watch movies and say, oh, they've done it again. You know what I mean? Like, there isn't... (laughs) Like you mean you don't is say that out loud in the theater? I don't think it either. I know lots of people who say that, that type of stuff out loud. I don't know. Well, you uh, is Austin right? I think he is pretty. He's hit the mark. Yeah, close, I, I definitely eh? don't like movies that I've seen the a recycled plot and they don't add anything new to it, which was sort of my issue with. Um, I don't remember the name of that stupid movie, The Upside. Um, <laughs> And uh, I, what is it? March 26th and A Star is Born was brought up again. Can we let and this in my die? Headlines. Can we let A Star is Born no, die? No, we're going to return to it and not a great plan. good enough to warrant this much conversation. And in my review, I will say one more time, I think I said stream it. I didn't even say it was that bad. I, I was middle ground but it's on this right, movie. But Austin's right in that it's kind of like a uh, reused. So, well, the, well with a star, yeah, with a star yeah. is born. It's not even like yeah. a, an archetype archetype no. trope. It's literally no. the same story. No, he's, he's 100% right. It is the same story. That That's part of the issue with it. But yeah, I would say those are pretty good movie peppies. I'm, I'm kind of like you. I, I don't really sit there and think through those things of oh this again there are some tropes that i'm a little sick of but i still wouldn't say if it's done well i don't mind seeing a a a similar thing i read fan fiction so i like tropes (laughs) that's like what fan fiction what type of fan fiction do you read hannibal (laughs) of course hannibal fan fiction of course but i've you know i went through you ever written fan fiction 
No. No? No. Not no. that. When Why I did you in, give me that face? Because I had to think about it. I to, <laughs> Sounds like a gross to like, no. I probably have, like, daydreamed about it. And in high school, I read My Chemical Romance fan fiction before mm. I even knew what fan fiction was. Funny story about, because My Chemical Romance is a, is it there? Are they a band? Yes. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't <laughs> want to misspeak. I'm not very good with my, so, um, when I was in high school, I, I have this, I can't remember. This is such an embarrassing story. I'm going to tell it. Um, I didn't, I knew, I'd heard the term Guns N' Roses. You didn't know Guns N' Roses was a band? Listen, I'm not, I'm not a music person. It doesn't matter. I had a picture of Axl Rose on my bedroom wall. No, I, so there was a friend that I met in high school <laughs> who, like, really got me introduced to some music. Right. Like he, he had a sense of some of these things. So mm -hmm. I, just before knowing what Guns N' Roses were... I had heard that somewhere and thought it was just a neat saying. So I, because I used to write a lot mm -hmm. as as when I was younger. So early in high school or at the end of, I think it was early in high school, I wrote a short, a short story that was like a gangster story called Guns N' Roses. <laughs> <laughs> and I found it on my, I have, I have the same computer I've had since grade nine of high school just this my, one no not this oh. one my it's it's a desktop and right, my, okay, my brother yeah, is yeah, really yeah. good with computers so he's just fixed it over time mm. so all my old files are still there and okay. i found you it don't, recently. you don't want no that. i didn't read I, I didn't read it or anything but it, it exists guns and roses oh my gosh i thought um cassia tone for the painfully alone with the, which is a band i thought that was a movie mm. um but now i know they're a band and they're a really good band dazed and confused i didn't realize was a movie till much later again i thought it was just a saying people said which i think it kind of is kind but of, don't you find it embarrassing when people like catch you yes <laughs> especially if, if you're very it happens to me all the time especially if you're very honest and sincere about yeah. it and you just actually believe that when people catch you and they're like um this is that's, yeah. that's a movie Very or that's yeah. a band. Yeah. It happens to me a lot with, um, I confuse Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. So I'll very <laughs> earnestly say, oh, this I know this. This is a Taylor Swift song and this is Katy Perry. So, <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Anyway, so, we, went, we went way off topic. I don't think we answered coming, Austin's question. But. Coming back to it, my pet peeve, I thought what my pet peeve is, anytime Kira Knightley is cast. Oh, right. You don't like Kira Knightley. She's no. my pet peeve. She's my movie pet peeve. And you know who else? Um... Kristen Stewart, who I don't think is a good actress, or Kirsten Stewart. She yeah. was in the Twilight movies, yeah. but, like, is weirdly, like, Hollywood, quote-unquote, like, indie darling. You know when Hollywood makes, like, yeah. indie movies? I've, I have not seen an indie movie with her in it that was that was particularly good. I think she has no talent. Oh, Cafe Society, I like that movie, but she didn't have a big role in that. She has no presence. But, no, anyways, no. those Very are... So, movie. I would say my... my Movie pet peeve would be poor casting. Do you want to know a life pet peeve I have that happened to me today? I don't like walking behind two people who are holding hands and walking slowly on the sidewalk. And they block you. Yeah, because you can't get past them. We get it. You're holding hands. You're it's love. adorable or whatever. Can you move or, or at least speed up or walk an appropriate pace? I don't mind if people are just walking around down, you know, downtown when sidewalks are bigger. But when it's a side street and they're narrow sidewalks... Walk know, at a decent pace. I went. Please. I did my undergrad at the University of Waterloo, and students would walk like ten, like there'd be like five to ten students like in a row walking side by side, and they wouldn't break <sighs> no, for you to yes, walk. No one has that etiquette of breaking. Even when I'm with someone, I usually will try to. If I'm approaching people, I'll e either try to get in front of the person that I'm with, so we're walking in a line to let yeah. someone go, or go behind them, depending yeah. upon. 
again, you pick up on the social cues, everyone. It depends upon how the cue works. But That does remind anyway. me of a movie pet peeve, though, because it happened to my friend Emma and I when we saw Greta, which is the movie we're reviewing. Um, it was like a fairly empty theater. Like, there were still rows available, and someone chose to two people came and they chose to sit right beside Emma when there was like space, like the person who sat beside Emma could have sat on the other side of her friend and still have room in the row, but instead chose like to sit right beside her, Whoa. you know, like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like it was just, just a like, little bit awkward. Yeah. In it's a like little super way, yeah. awkward, especially because like Greta's about like stalking. I'm like, Emma, like it's a little creepy. She chose this movie to sit yeah. right beside you. Anyways, that's a pet peeve when you have the whole theater and you choose to literally sit right beside me yeah. or my friend. You might make a new friend though. I'm the type of person who would start chatting with the person. I'm not looking to make new friends. <laughs> oh, okay, that's fair. Your friend quota is full. All right, moving on. Um, Erica has the next question. Um, not quite my tempo. That's how Erica feels about <laughs> Taylor usually, except for, for today. Hi, Mike and Taylor. See, you're, you're back in the... I'm back in the fold. Back in the fold. I really like the idea of a John Hughes movie night. That's something we brought up last week. I think that it would be really cool to chat with people about the issues in the film, but also see uh, where film has grown when it comes to these coming-of-age slash teen movies. Any favorite teen movies from either of you? Ah, Taylor, you have a boyfriend, question mark. Does he go see movies with you? I think a good boyfriend should, winky face. And that's from Erica. A lot to unpack there. Where shall we begin? Let's talk about, um, yeah, um, coming-of-age teen movies, any favorites. I really liked uh, Edge of Seventeen. I thought yes. H Eighth Grade <clears throat> was also very good. That one came out last year. I haven't seen Eighth Grade yet. It's quite good. It's on my Netflix to watch. I, I highly recommend it. It's it's quite good. Um, just made noise in front of the mic. Um, what's another? Oh, Easy A. I also really like that one. I would say sometimes there's a little bit of a difference between like teen movies and coming of age. Oh, is there? I thought there was because the like thing. for me like Clueless and Ten Things I Hate About You teen movies, but not necessarily coming of age. I guess, I guess in so. a way they yeah. are. Like well, the characters do have like an arc. And Ten Things I Hate About You, there's I would say is a coming. Yeah, there's lots of character growth in that. I mean, it's based on. Um, Taming of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew, thank you. I just want to say much to do about nothing, but that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Taming of the Shrew. So I think following that, the the characters did have growth in it. Yeah. I would say my I don't know what Clueless is. Clueless is just great. That's one of my favorite, I would say, teen movies. A young Paul Rudd? Um, yes, who looks like he hasn't aged yeah, since the then. Same, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he's drinking or eating, that's what I want. Um, I talked about it earlier i think maybe last week saved is one of my favorite oh, right, coming yeah. of age um i don't know I'm a, I'm a fan of the teen genre you know i watched a lot of american pie growing up and oh yes um, american that pie, franchise yeah, absolutely so i watched a lot of that growing up yeah i'm kind of an equal opportunist obviously i haven't i feel like teen movies maybe haven't been as widespread as they were in the teen, 90s and 2000s. Yeah, I think a 90s teen movie and what a teen movie is now is very different because yeah. teen movies now are, are the Hunger Games and Twilight yeah. and the Maze Runner and that kind of post-apocalyptic young person mm -hmm. movie. But in the 90s, I feel like it was very different. It was like movies intended uh, for the teen audience who are currently in high school yeah. about kids currently in high school like that's what american pie was yeah I mean, it's a raunchy comedy but the entire idea of that was 
here's kids your age and what they're experiencing. I feel like the last one that did it that like that kind of genre would be super bad. Yep. Which yep. is a phenomenal, good yep, just like, good <clears throat> I rewatched that with my boyfriend, Erica, <laughs> a couple months ago, and it really stands up. Like, it's still, you know, I watched it ugh, on repeat as yeah. a teen, but yeah. like watching yeah, it now too. when yeah. I'm 27, it's still, it's still a great one. What I really like about Superbad is I had a friend in high school who's still a friend now who reminds me of one of the two characters. Seth Rogen's character? Which one was Seth Rogen's character? Or sorry, Seth Rogen's the police. Uh, Jonah Hill. Oh, Jonah Hill. Yes, Jonah Hill. I I basically had that friend throughout Great. high school, and it was, <laughs> it was, it was, and, and I'm I was almost as awkward as Michael Sarah was in that movie. So it kind of it kind of worked. It worked out. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, second part of this. Uh, well, do I have a boyfriend? Boyfriend question. Mark, yes. Which we've already addressed. Um, Does he go to the movies with you? And she thinks a good boyfriend should. Um, Dan does not come to all the movies I review because they're not really his genre of film. Dan also has a new policy where he doesn't want to watch new media. There's so much good old media that he doesn't want to watch new stuff. Um, So right now we're watching Buffy. So that's kind of our together media that we're watching right now. Buffy the Vampire. Yeah. Great series. And um, King of the Hill is, we're kind of getting into that a little bit. But um, he comes to the movies that I invite him to that I think will interest him. So he came to Arctic. He didn't like it. He went to Manhunter with me. He really liked Manhunter. So I try to pick and choose because I know I'm not going to drag him to a movie that I know he's not going to like because that's torture. I wouldn't want someone to drag me to a movie I was going to not like. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to do it, yeah. And I would say he's a great boyfriend. I think I, I think the there's a misconception when when you're in a relationship that it's it's you you have to do everything the other person mm-hmm. does. I think it's more being supportive and open to trying yeah. or going or whatever. But it doesn't I think it's it's on you as well, like you're saying, to say, Oh, I don't think he would like this, mm-hmm. so I'm not gonna worry about it even though i'm sure i'm sure he would go to some things he doesn't like but maybe not knowing that he doesn't like it or not and then you talk about it after so i feel i feel like it's kind of a you know it seems fine yeah and i would say he is a good boyfriend nothing for erica to be concerned about no yeah he treats me well erica (laughs) yeah yeah okay next question and our last one from katie and dan hi mike and taylor we think maybe our u.s fans yes i believe so i believe there are friends to the the Daughter father duo. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I hope it's that. If not, correct us. <laughs> correct us. Um, hi, Mike and Taylor. Great reviews for the past couple of weeks. We were both chatting and wondering what your process is when you review a movie. Do you take notes during the movie? Do you take notes after? How do you prepare for the show? Thank you for taking the time to answer our question. We do. I, I'll only speak to my personal. I pretty much do no prep work. What we do is we pull up the list of the screening room to see what's um, opening that weekend. Then we kind of decide, okay, do you want to see this movie? Do you want to see that movie? We'll see the same movie. We kind of just decide that on the fly. Then I go personally, like I'll go to the movie either with a friend or by myself. And then I don't write anything down during the movie. I don't Mm -hmm. write anything down after the movie. Um, Sometimes if it's, there's been maybe controversy around the film or there's a plot point I don't understand. I might read like the Wikipedia page or a couple of reviews for the film. But really what you hear on air is just kind of like my off the cuff 
review of the film, kind of like my hot take on the film. And we don't, an important note is we don't see the movie together and we don't talk about it usually until today. Sometimes pre-show we did today, we both just start rambling about the movie. But for the most part, you you hear on air the first time we've talked about it, which Mm -hmm. is really important. We wanted that to be kind of more organic. Kind of like a conversation. Yeah. So with that being said, that's why we don't really script that part of of the show is it's more conversational it's not as it's prepared in our own heads but not necessarily i guess censored or or edited um because if i were to write something down like i don't take notes either i'm the same way i don't take any notes during i don't take notes after i think about it but i try not to prepare too much because i want more of an honest reaction for it to be like authentic i think also by going off memory i think it's more genuine in what like I've re- like what was impactful to me, you know what I mean? If I've like written things down, it might be like an artificial, like mm-hmm. retroactive, like this was important yeah. when really it probably wasn't that important yeah. if I'm anyways, so that's kinda how And another I do it. interesting behind the scenes that you and I were just talking about off air actually, which kinda relates back to Erica's question, is we're actually both pretty picky and choosy about when we decide to invite people to yeah. see movies with us <laughs> and who those people are based upon what we think the the mm-hmm. movie experience is because we've both generally heard something about the movies yeah. or we've watched the trailers so we have a sense of what we think it's going to be like and then we are a little picky and choosy about who we bring in for what reason because as i think we brought up on the show before you could get distracted your entire theater experience could change depending upon who you have with you so we both do keep that in mind before inviting someone to come with us or deciding to see it alone. I get really anxious. It's kind of like we were talking about this. It's kind of like when you um, invite a friend to a restaurant they've never been before and you've been to the restaurant and then they don't like your their meal. And you feel a little guilty. I feel so guilty. Yeah. So it's the same yeah. with movies. If I invite someone to a movie and they don't have a good experience or didn't like the movie, I feel really guilty about it. So I purposely try to pick movies that I think the individual is going to enjoy or at least like or engage with. Um, And, you know, sometimes they don't like the movie and that just happens. But I would never – I try to tailor pick my invitations because I don't want anyone to waste two and a half hours. That's why we do these reviews so you don't have to waste – Exactly. Exactly. We tell you whether or not to go <laughs> yeah. see it. We don't. We don't force the people in our lives to yeah. <laughs> to do something different. We tell them too. Don't yeah. go or go. So that's kind of. And then, how do you prepare for the show? Yeah, that's kind of. That's really it. That's it. We don't. We don't do a lot of formal scripting prep. Um, that's another thing I think we've talked about on the show a little bit is I generally gather the fan questions and make sure that's ready to go. I build the structure for the show and run the tech because I'm the producer of it. Taylor gathers all the information we need for the news from the week to do headlines. Um, we both see the movies. And then sometimes we have a top 10 list or some special Those thing. take a little bit. For me, I yeah. don't know what it's like for you, but my lists take longer. Depending upon what um, it is, yeah. But aside from that, the only piece of paper I have in front of me is my headlines. Yeah. And that's it. That's, yeah. that's how we that's how we do things here. <laughs> As you can tell, it's very, you know, off the cusp. We're not winning any awards. 
speak for yourself. Um, okay, we're we're gonna dive into our. Oh, do you want to tell our fans how they can get in touch with us? Right. Though? See, this is why this is why there's two of us because I even have I'm not following the script that I have right in front of me. If you would like to ask a question and get on the show, simply email us at screeningandkingston at gmail.com. We love fan questions, so please write in every week. You can ask about the movies we've seen. You can give your opinion on the movies that we're talking about or just ask a random question. You can also use the hashtag ScreeningMYGK on social media. We have everything. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, just go out there and find us. We're screening in Kingston all over the place. Sometimes we also do fun little contesty things on Instagram. It's fun. I've given up Instagram for Lent, oh, okay. so I haven't seen our Instagram in a long time. So what long I do time. on Instagram is when I can't sleep or I'm really tired and just have can't, you know, well, for whatever reason, I throw up using emojis describing a movie mm. What what is, and have people guess what is that movie. I'm missing out. Yeah, you are missing out. Well, that's the cross for the Lent. I guess there. so. It wouldn't be a sacrifice if it was easy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's review Greta. What a movie! <laughs> I don't even. I don't. You know. I don't feel. I'm just. Tell me let, how you really yeah, feel. I'm gonna let loose. I don't feel calling in a movie is is an acceptable description. I think it's a piece of garbage, and I think it's insulting to every movie. If you watch this movie, it's terrible. I hate it. The more we talk about it, the angrier I seem to be getting. And I don't know if that's just my mood or if I just did really didn't like this movie. It, it's not good. I don't like it. I felt like, you know, on the surface, it's not a good movie. No. It was. It reminds me of a movie I would have watched in my fr high school friend Mariah's basement when we were 15. It's the middle of August. It's very specific. <laughs> We've gotten our slushies from the local convenience store, and we're all piled into Mariah's basement, and we think, okay, let's rent, let's rent a movie from the convenience store, which typically only has B <laughs> B movies to begin with. And the movie would be Greta. <laughs> and the movie would be Greta. And you know, we would have a good time making fun of it. Um, as a group of 15-year-old girls. Uh, but aside from that, I don't really know who the audience for this film is. Like, it had such weird tone. Like, I couldn't tell if they were like, we are, this is a straight thriller, or if it was more supposed to be like, this is a campy spoof. It had a worse tone for me than a simple plan or was it or a simple favor a simple, a simple favor. favor which i didn't really like and had a weird tone that tone was much more understandable than greta's tone i have no idea i don't know what they were going for no idea what they're going for the movie was oddly slow yet information was given to you pretty pacing quick. horrible yeah you got information fast but it was so slow the pacing was terrible and i just didn't care Every time something happened, I just, I couldn't bring myself to care about it. I wasn't really invested. The only character I was invested in was Chloe, Chloe Moretz's best friend. Yeah. Who was in um, It Follows. But you were kind of, it kind of was designed to feel something for her, though, don't you think? But like, do, yeah, like, I think they did a good job in her yeah. characterization. But, but they should have done that for the leads. Who are, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's yeah. weird that she had more substance than the two leads. I mean... Isabelle Hubert, I think that's how you pronounce her last name. She's French. She, you know, it's not unusual for the villains to have, like, pretty, like, blank characterization, especially because she's kind of, like, this nondescript yeah. um, older lady. Um, but it was weird that the lead, like, Chloe, Chloe Moretz. Grace, Grace Moretz. Yeah, yeah, whatever her yeah, name is. Yeah. Um, it was weird that 
I d- the only thing I thought about was, wow, she has a really nice haircut. I'm going to take her picture to the hairdresser to get that haircut when my hair grows out. That literally was the only thing. I didn't even have that. <laughs> right? Like, I didn't even ha- I didn't even have that to grab onto. It was just, I don't know. So I like both actors. Like, I think, I think they're good, but not in this movie, particularly. Which I think it was just poor direction. Because I think yeah. they're better actresses yeah. than they were in this movie if yeah. that makes sense yeah i think they were functional enough which is the word i use to describe an actor who just does their job and there's not much more you can you can ask from them because i think the direct i agree i don't think the director pulled anything out of them that's a director's first responsibility and number one job is to get a good performance out of your actors that's it that's the base level of work you have to do and i don't think that happened we should probably describe the movie to people because we're kind of throwing you know things. why bother <laughs> I'm being serious. I don't think, like, you've seen this movie before. So That's essentially. I'll say that. It's a thriller. Yeah. It's a stalker story. Whatever, we're ruining it. It's a stalker story. I don't think it's even, like. <laughs> sort of. You know it's a stalker story, like, about 15 minutes into the movie. If you've watched the trailer, you know that it's a. It's and a I think even story. the synopsis is like, a young woman meets an older woman, and they develop a friendship, and then And things... then it's weird. <laughs> whatever and things get creepy <laughs> i missed a very entertaining toronto maple leafs hockey game for this movie that's why you're better no i mean, it would have been bitter if i had nothing to do but i'm just saying what a waste what a waste of an hour i'm gonna save everyone an hour and it was like half, an hour and 40 40 minutes and just say don't go see this movie there's so much better things at the screening room it's not good there's no redeeming quality and by just continuing to describe this movie it's just making me upset I had a little bit of a better experience because I went to see it with a, a girlfriend. <laughs> see, I was by myself. <laughs> see, I went to see it with one of my... If you couldn't tell, I, I was alone. <laughs> saw it with one of my um, oldest best friends who is from high school. So she would have been present at one of these Mariah Donnelly sleepovers when we were 15. <laughs> so, And we were able to, you know, like whisper to each other and like make jokes and stuff. And then after the movie, we were able to like have a good chuckle. So I feel like... I wish I did that. If you have like a person who has a similar sense of humor as you or like has similar film sensibilities and you go in knowing that this is going to be kind of silly and kind of corny and kind of campy um then it might be a better movie going experience than my cat yeah if i had brought people with me to make fun of it to make fun of it it definitely would have been a better experience but the wouldn't have made the movie better but this experience would have been better that's why i think this movie is not one that you should see in theaters just because a doing what i did is a little rude whispering during the movie yeah a little yeah a... but it wasn't a very full theater so yeah. i don't feel too guilty and i was very quiet but um this to me is a streaming movie that you would watch again with like maybe like it's like a friday night in and you guys just want to get like some popcorn and maybe you have a bunch of sour gummy worms and you want to make fun of a movie but you're we talked about it earlier there's better movies you yeah. can make fun can of. i name a couple the room <laughs> the room absolutely <laughs> get a group of friends together and and some gummy bears i guess and watch the room absolutely i think um if i was again this is the thing that i don't understand about the tone of the movie was i don't think i don't know if the director intended for us to make fun of it or if he was trying to do oh no i think this straight you think he was trying to do a straight thriller not just because of the way the music was and the camera work like you can just tell it wasn't satirical right i'm pretty sure it was pretty serious especially some of the camera work so i would say if you want a similar story to greta but it's well done 
see the collector which came out not the one that came out in the 2000s that movie's horrible but there's one i think it's um terrence stamp i think is the lead came out in the 60s maybe like 64 i'm not sure but if you do like the collector in the 60s and it's kind of that same stalker slash like housebound it's like essentially greta but it's done much better and so I would suggest yeah. that. <laughs> I would even say a movie I trashed. Um, that uh, what's it called? <laughs> a simple, a simple favor would be more fun to me. I would, of. yeah. If you want to make fun for a night, and the guy from Crazy Rich Asians is in it, people yeah. like him now. Um, you're gonna have a lot. You're gonna have a lot more fun. It's gonna be more entertaining. Right. And mine, I should just emphasize my suggestion of the collector that would be if you want like a straight thriller yeah not one that you're gonna laugh and make fun of like this yeah. one will probably creep you out if you want a really good friday night movie with friends um this one is not to make fun of though it's really good it just popped in my head that thing you do is a great movie it's to on watch netflix with it's set in the 60s uh yeah it's it's a tom hanks directed movie and he's also in it and it's about uh a band that has a one hit wonder sort of style song. Yeah. They have a, they have one song that that everyone loves and it's basically their story. That's a great movie with friends I think it's on, on a Netflix. Friday night. Yeah. I think it's on Netflix. And that I one's also like, own it. I that one's just like a matters. nice movie though, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking if you're sitting at home on a Friday, why not watch something nice? <laughs> to I don't give know. You options. Yeah. I'm just trying Can to we... give people options. Just don't go see Greta. It's a skip it for Before me. Before we move on, I just want to talk about one specific or like it was kind of like three scenes in sure. one. Yeah. Um not I won't give any spoilers, but you know when Whatever. she has like one thing happens and then they do a cutscene and it turns out that she was dreaming and then they do another the cutscene. Yeah. Okay, and then they yeah, do yeah, another cutscene yeah. and it turns out she wasn't dreaming. That like weird Oh yeah, yeah, freak I know what you're out, talking about. Yes. Like back to back. Yeah. So that happened. It never happened throughout the whole movie, which no. was weird in terms of tone that they did this like weird like freak out and that's that's, that's what directors who are making that yeah. that's the directors making that decision yeah. so he made that and then another thing happened later on in the movie when they're in the kitchen and she takes the cookie cutter right, right. i thought that was also a dream sequence based on that previous freak out because i thought oh just be, okay. because of like but they didn't do the cut thing like they didn't really i was but i was waiting for oh, the I cut see. gotcha so then i was like a couple like seconds behind being like okay how are they gonna like what's the freak out now and then it wasn't a freak out so i thought that was a major film faux pas the way they did that yeah it's it's the inconsistency of yeah. here's a trope that or something not a trope but something we're introducing stylistically yeah. into the movie and we're never gonna call back to it it and was we're so never weird gonna bring it up again that is yeah so i thought that the second time yeah. was gonna be a dream sequence her waking up you know she would be in the room and about the last half hour of this movie i honestly checked out I've n I, I do, normally don't do that, but I really wasn't concentrating or paying attention for the last half hour. I just wasn't it was really invested. Like, through. I didn't really care what was going to happen yeah. to the main characters. Yeah. And another thing happened, and I was like, I'm more interested in that thing. Like, yeah. when she starts wearing the glove, and it's like, how much time has passed? <laughs> okay, I'm going to give one spoiler. Isabel Hubert's character loses a finger. And then because she has, like, a bit of nurse training, she, like, injects her own finger with, like, an unknown substance and then goes the remainder of the movie wearing a glove stuffed with cotton. It's 
never address like if that was your finger it would be like rotten by the time like i don't know it just it was so unbelievable i know that like in films there's like a a, you know you have to have a sense of uh suspension of disbelief suspension of disbelief yeah but like that was just like to me like shoddy storytelling because then you know yeah one character says how long have i been here and the other character says too long well we would have been able to know the passage of the time based on isabel hubert's funky finger but we never saw it it because it's under love (laughs) (laughs) and there you have it so it's a it's a skip it from me and a stream it stream it from taylor with your with your girlfriend with your girlfriends specifically yeah if you're 15 if you're 15 if i had a time machine keep adding this extra time machine uh and uh Boys with your boyfriends, do something else. <laughs> I don't know. Go to the hockey game. Go to the hockey game. Yeah, do any, literally do anything else. I don't care. Like, just don't watch oh, this movie. Um, so there you go. That's Greta. Um, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> what are we moving on to? Oh, headlines. Well, but oh, before no. we do Not a Great Plan, let's just talk about a good horror movie that's making headlines because this oh, is actually yes, a, good, a good thing. Um, one movie that I'm super looking forward to is Us. It premiered last weekend, mm-hmm. and it's making a ton of box office um, headlines, or it's breaking records is what I'm trying to say. It had a really good opening weekend, yeah. 70 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and this I, is Jordan from Jordan Peele, who was the director and writer of Get Out. Yes. And so this is his follow-up, and I've read um, some reviews saying that it's um, he's upped the horror and the fun. So, like, everything that was good in... Um, get out he's kind of upped the ante for us mm-hmm. um it's kind of about like doppelgangers or clones mm-hmm. doppelgangers evil doppelgangers are one of my worst fears so um i'm looking forward to it <laughs> i would like nothing better than to meet an evil version of me no nothing no. better <laughs> nothing would make me happier because i my biggest fear would be he'd be really nice and I'm the evil So one. you're the evil <laughs> Exactly. That would, be, that would be the thing that would scare me is I would meet myself like, wow, that's a really nice guy. Oh. Doppelgangers just really creep me out, especially when it's like, you know, in the in the movies or whatever, it's like the evil version of them. And they're just like looking through a window with like a really like big, mm-hmm. o- like their smile is like over exaggerated. Like that's what I feel like I'm going to see a lot of in oh, yeah, us. I, I. <laughs> If I was ever in a horror movie situation, I would just, I just, I, I'm a kicker. I'm just going to kick whatever it is. <laughs> kick I don't your care. Top yeah, I don't care what, if something jumps out in the corner, I don't care what it is. I'm kicking it. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know. I think fight or fight, I would be cowering in a corner. Like I wouldn't be fleeing or fighting. I would be cowering in the corner. My, my instincts, it's, it's not great instincts I have, but when something scares me, I, for some reason, walk towards said thing, which I don't know why. And then like, I, then I back I mean, like, off your fight and then flight. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know what my, my instincts are. Oh, something scary. I'm going to walk towards it. Nope. I'm out of here. <laughs> Maybe so. you want to like kind of get a better look at that. Yeah. yeah that is creepy. Yeah. You're gonna... There's just two, there's two warring sides in me that are the one duality is like, of man yeah one is kick it in the face and the other is run <laughs> i think you know what how i would react i would plead for a quick death yeah that would be yeah, like absolutely. if you're gonna kill me please just do, do it quick. fast yeah, don't make absolutely. it hurt yeah, no yeah. torture i would could not face torture i think you know i think we both a bit in, in whatever situation we're cowards. We're, we're cowards and we're useless and it's not gonna go well <laughs> we watch a lot of movies and that's about it yeah that's it <laughs> so one of the headlines that us is making uh and i may i should have written it down but i think they are they have broken the record for the largest opening for a standalone horror film 
Yes, I believe that's so true. So that's yeah. pretty good news. Um, yeah. And I think it was the third highest grossing movie with a um, all um, African-American cast. Yeah. Or at least lead cast. Yeah. Because I remember they were seeing a statistic because Black Panther is obviously number mm-hmm. one because it was a massive movie. But it's the third highest. Which really good. For this kind of more a smaller budget horror yeah, film. For a smaller budget horror film, I think it was made for like less than $50 million. Like it's a small budget mi- movie. You know, it's not a big budget movie. And it made $70 million on its opening weekend. I love horror movie entering the mainstream. And yeah. I've seen, I think some, like I could be wrong, some people are comparing um, Mr. Peel to Alfred Hitchcock now, saying like, you know, like that's how yeah. well-crafted his films are. Um, I've only ever seen, obviously, Get Out. Yeah, he's I don't one know for he's, one so far. Yeah, he's, he's going to be responsible for the new Twilight Zone reboot. And the trailer looks really, really good. So I can't wait for us. But my best friend's coming this weekend, and she hates horror movies. So oh. I'll have to wait. So you have to wait. Maybe next, the yeah, following week, I'll go see I want to try to see it this week for sure. Good. Cool. So that was kind of before I wanted to keep that separate because... This is a good plan. Yeah. It's, we yeah, have good it, news. <laughs> yeah, it looks, looks like a really good movie, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Cool. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's dive into Not a Great Plan. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener, Not a Great Plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod... A super soldier, living legend, who kind of lives up to the legend. A man with breathtaking anger management issues. A couple of master assassins. And you, big fella, you've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. That's right. It's not a great plan where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. All charges against Jesse Smollett have been dropped. Not a great plan. So we've been following this story. I mean, I, I always say we've been following this story. We're not journalists, but... <laughs> we've been talking about this We've been talking about this story for the last couple of weeks. Um, if you guys are new to the show or haven't been following, Jesse Smollett is the Empire actor who... Um, uh, went to the Chicago police saying that he was a victim of a hate crime. Uh, the Chicago police then charged him with orchestrating his own hate crime. Um, and he was actually facing 16 felonies. Um, and now this news, this story broke today um, that all charges have actually been dropped. They're holding his bail, his $100,000 bail fee. But aside from that, he's a completely clean record. So all of the comments that I was reading, they're like speculating, like, you know, did he cut a deal? Like, is he actually guilty? Blah, blah, blah. So it's just, the story is getting more and more complicated. You'd think it would almost be better if he just went to trial because then we could say, okay, you know, a crime has been committed, but... We should have our own segment for, for this story. Like a, <laughs> a podcast yeah, with the Jesse Smollett. Like just the final five minutes of the show every week. We just give the update on this story because it's, it's just, getting crazier it's every week. It's a weird week. one. I can't believe... That they're actually dismissing the charges now. Did you say he's is it is he out on bail still at all? So or is like it's totally dismissed charges. It's completely dismissed. So like wow. when he was out on bail, the Chicago they police have so or much whatever, evidence. I don't like that's why people were like, um, 
oh, he must have. His lawyer is um, involved in another case about like Adidas or something. Like his lawyer is connected to another case. And so one comment I read went, oh, he turned state witness. And that's why they're dropping the case. Whatever. So all Probably these, like knowing, you know, knowing this story. All these people <laughs> like us, like our little like <laughs> the keyboard warriors or whatever are now like, come, they're like, this isn't the end of this. We're going to hear more. So stay tuned. We may very well hear more. But as of right now, all charges have been dropped. So he is no longer implicated in his own hate crime. I shouldn't lie. In his own hate crime. I just... So the question, st- stand, this question still stands, was a hate crime committed? He, but he orchestrated it. But this says that if the charges are dropped, he's no longer found criminal, criminally liable for that. So if... So <laughs> the police, in my... Like, I'm not a lawyer, but essentially what, what this says to the public is that he, he did not perpetrate the hate crime... So he said a hate crime was committed. Who committed the hate crime? Well, I'm wondering, it's the term, we, again, I'm not a lawyer either, and we should probably ask one, because I think the term, like, with the, if, what is it, dismissed of all? Dropped. Dropped, okay. If the charges are dropped, I don't even think a deal was cut. Like, it doesn't even sound like there was a deal cut, doesn't even sound like there's, because usually they would say they're, like, they came to a deal, or there was some sort of a... Yeah, this is the, it was just dropped. Yeah, that, there was that an means emergency just court. Not there was an emergency court him. hearing. So, uh, you know, there has to be an acknowledgement. Yeah. Then, the, so is the investigation still ongoing? Are they going to try to find these perpetrators? You know what I mean? Like, who, if the hate crime was committed, and you know, and let's that, give him the benefit of the doubt. He's the victim, right? Okay. So, if let's just say, okay, in the scenario that they're saying, okay, he didn't orchestrate the hate His crime. Own, so the yeah. hate crime is against him. So yeah, who did it? Is there an investigation? We don't know. Launched? We don't know. We'll have to find out next week <laughs> <laughs> on the Jesse Smollett files, <laughs> or whatever so crazy. we'll call it. <laughs> so our next headline. Oh, okay. <laughs> Julianne Moore was fired from "Can You Ever Forgive Me" because she wanted a fat suit and fake nose. Not a great plan. So little known fact that she was supposed to play this role before melissa mccarthy this is another one uh kind of a Mm follow-up to this story because i a couple weeks ago uh i shared that she was fired and she she had some hurt feelings about it because she really wanted to portray the role um and now it turns out um her the co-star rupert everett no what's his name who is the co-star in that movie he was nominated for best actor yes yes um british anyway grant right something e grant isn't that his name Robert E. Grant. Robert E. Grant? Yeah, no? that sounds right. He yeah. sounds like a Civil War general, but also... <laughs> no, that's Robert E. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he he was in an interview or whatever, and he said, well, the reason was Julianne Moore wanted a fat suit and a fake nose, and the director said, no way. So <laughs> oh. they fired her. Um, there you go. Okay. Now we have more details. There you go. <laughs> Weird. That's, that's the follow-up. Okay. That's the follow-up. Great. <laughs> kind of like, so just... The fact that she wanted those things, like that she was hired, you know, she was cast for the role, not looking anything like Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. her being like, well, I've been hired for this role for me to play this role correctly. I want a fat suit and a fake nose. I wonder if there was more to this story of the director asking her to to gain any weight for the, the role, which is, I mean, it's a common thing. Yeah. But sometimes people like any actress the right to say no. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's more to it. I don't know. 
Anyways. <laughs> Maybe the director's like, no, I'm, we're not doing that. Yeah, we don't have the budget. We don't have the budget for that. <laughs> we're going to fire you and bring in someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Just a weird one. Okay. Next um, headline. Good Lord, we totally forgot Joaquin Phoenix was playing Jesus. Not a great plan. Yeah, I had no idea. This, I had no idea, and it sounds bad. <laughs> I think I tweeted about this, like... Listen to the plot. Tell, tell us what it's about. Okay. Tell us so, movie. <laughs> the movie is actually called Mary Magdalene with... Um, Remy, the name of the actress. Oh, uh, uh, Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara. She's playing um, Mary Magdalene, and if you don't know your New Testament very well, she kind of was a, a follower of Jesus Christ. In some accounts, she's a prostitute, but essentially she is the one who finds out that the tomb is empty mm -hmm. when Jesus is risen. Mm -hmm. She's also the Mary that uses her expensive perfume to clean Jesus's feet. Not to be confused with the Mary that is his mother. This is a different Mary. Yes. Common name. Mary, um, mother of God versus yes, Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. And I just hit myself in the face. Uh, and this is also, I would, again, I don't know what the plot's going to be, but a lot of the stories within that, there's sometimes not necessarily controversy, but discussion amongst followers about Jesus sort of letting her be part of this and bringing her along because of her background. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Again, I don't know what this movie is going to do, but that's I would imagine it's going to really follow her through that. Fallen woman. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. Whatever her life was. Um, interestingly, in Jesus Christ Superstar, my favorite musical, there's kind of like a romantic dimension between Mary Magdalene it's and It's kind of suggested. Like a one-sided romance. Yeah. So again, all I know, that's, I gave you kind of the Bible story of Mary Magdalene. What they're going to do. What the do. movie's going to be. Yeah, we what don't the movie, know. But Joaquin Phoenix is Jesus. <laughs> so I knew about this. Um, this has been in the talks for several years. It was kind of um, languishing because it was tied to the Weinstein Brothers production house. Oh, okay. Um, which I believe has dissolved. Has it completely dissolved? I think, I think like it's no longer. So yeah, another. You couldn't carry that name on. That's the thing. Even though it was a massive indie production company and a lot of people worked on yeah. this film so i don't believe in judging the entire organization based on the actions of one idiot but you cannot carry the weinstein no. name anymore it wasn't going to go anywhere no so ifc has picked up the movie um i love joaquin phoenix i love him as jesus really yeah i'm a joaquin phoenix fan i ride hard for him oh i don't i think he's a great actor i just don't see him as jesus i think you can do it and i look forward to seeing okay. his All portrayal right. so you All think right. it's not a great plan that Joaquin is. is playing Jesus, yes. I think... Which part of this is not a great plan for you? Why is it in this? Oh, thing? I just included it because I know people oh. aren't going to think it's a good plan. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, Tony Stark obviously doesn't think... Um, I, I mean, I I guess... I don't know. I, I don't know. There's something about Joaquin. It's not a great plan that we forgot. I didn't That's even know what, it was happening. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. Can I pitch you my... I told yes. you I have a Jesus movie. Okay. So, am I going to be offended? Probably. Uh, I apologize <laughs> in advance if anyone's offended by this, but you might also appreciate it. Okay. So, my idea for a movie it's a comedy, and it stars Zach Efron as Jesus, and John C. Riley plays Joseph, and Will Farrell is God. 
and it's called Me and My Two Dads. And it's about the struggle that Jesus would have having the being the son of God, but also being raised by Joseph. A kind carpenter. of like it'd be kind of like a stepdad sort of situation. You know where that his looks, his carpenter dad is like, Look, I gotta teach you the trades and you know, he says things like, No, like I I have to study I gotta go to temple. I gotta go to temple and study or whatever and there's a lot of um there's a lot of fun, I think, humor and comedy that could be. I like it. I like that casting too. Yeah. Inspired casting. Yeah, I thought that would. I thought th- those three often do movies together, and I think that that would work. And I feel like uh, it would be a very interesting role for all of them to take on. And they they work well together as comedy. Again, duos. Hollywood. Yeah. All of you producers listening to our show. You can have that one. Just give me story credit (laughs) for coming up with it. But yes, it's called Me and My Two Dads, which I also think is a title that every time I think about it makes me laugh. Very 90s. So much. Yeah, Me me and My Two Dads. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a lot of bass. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And and I don't know. I I mean, uh, there's lots of people. You know, you could have the whole gang in there. James Franco and Paul Rudd and, and Dave Franco, they can they all play be in the there. apostles. They'll be the apostles, absolutely. Michael Sarah can be in there. Uh, Jonah Hill. I don't know who would play Mary Magdalene. I kind of forgot about her. But who would play Mary Mother of God? The mom. She wasn't really going to be in it, but um, let me think. Oh, uh, um, Allison Brie. Allison Brie. That's exactly who I was thinking. <laughs> I don't know why you thought Allison Brie. Absolutely. Well, she, she has the Franco connection. Yes. And I, yeah, she's I married to Dave Franco. And she yeah. has that comedic timing. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and you know who's playing Mary Magdalene? Aubrey Plaza. There you go. I just decided it. There you go. There's the cast. There you go. I love Excellent. it. Excellent. <laughs> Again, so Hollywood. And then someone serious to play. Who was... Because Pontius Pilate wasn't in charge of it. Who was... Was it the Pharaoh or... No, you're mixing up your... Pontius yeah, Pilate was the one who crucified... Yeah, 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 not him. Who was the king at the time? Harold, Herod. Thank you. Herod, we'd be played by a really serious actor. Like an actor with a lot of acting chops. It just makes no sense to be there. And he'd play it like super... This is a. This is like just a Anthony movie. Hopkins. Yeah, yeah someone like that. You it was know who just not been funny. Philip Seymour Hoffman, if he, if he, was, he was alive. alive. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Philip Seymour Hoffman would have been perfect for that. Um, Dreamcasting. Which, if there's one actor right now that, that I miss is him. Because his he's such a talented Gone actor. Gone too soon. Um, okay, next headline. Young man Michael B. Jordan to play a very old man from the Bible. Not a great plan. Who's another he? Bible another movie. Bible one. Who's he playing? Methuselah. So Michael B. Jordan is okay, set I don't, to. I'm not up to date. This on is my Bible, old. This is OT. Old, old Testament. Testament. Oh. Yeah. So Michael B. Jordan is set to produce and star in Warner Brothers Methuselah. An action movie based on the guy from the Bible who lived to the nice old age of 969. Yes. So this the headline's a little bit misleading. He's very old in the sense he's 969, but he doesn't age. Like, he's still going to look like Michael... P. Jordan's age, you know what I mean? He's, like, oh, oh, so it's it's sort of a Dorian like, Gray you're like, Yeah, like you're thing. 25 he's not, for okay, hundreds okay, of gotcha. years. Okay, or however he's not going to actually he physically won't age. age. Okay. And apparently, this movie has been in talks for a long time. Will Smith, both Will Smith and Tom Cruise were tied to this project, but have aged out. Very different. So an, a Bible action movie. It, it's kind of like the Will Smith versus Keanu Reeves if we had the Matrix, the, the world, because yeah. he turned it down. I feel like Tom Cruise and Will Smith is the same thing. They're two very, very different action very stars. Different. Like very different. Also, I don't, I don't, for some reason, I don't associate Will Smith with action. Well, you you didn't grow up with Will Smith saving the world every summer in the 90s. Okay. I just he, picture him all, as In his Fresh early Prince. career. Yeah. So he we went from Fresh Prince 
well, he had a rap career first. He was a well, singer yes. and, and a rapper. And then he went into Fresh Prince. But then every summer from from 95 to like 2005, pretty much, he <laughs> was in a movie, Independence Day, I, Robot, uh, I Am Legend, yeah. where he was basically an action star. And I've seen yeah. I, Robot. I've seen Independence But for some reason, I just associate That's him with cool. comedy. Oh, yeah. Like, to me, oh, he's Bad more... Boys, which is kind of a, a mix of yeah. both. I don't know. So anyways, they both aged out. I think... They try to every once in a while they try to re like bring back Bible epics, which were huge in the fifties and sixties, yeah, like, like the Ten um, Commandments. Yeah, yeah, Ten Commandments, Ben Hur. Um yeah. huge. These were like major grossing films. Not only were they huge budget, people went to go see them. So every once in a while they like try to bring back these Bible epics, like Noah last year. And what was that movie Risen that came out a couple years ago? Yep, with one of the um, Fines brothers yes, playing yes, um, yeah. the Centurion. So I, I saw Risen. It's like a pretty good movie, but I'm also like really Catholic. So I'm like, used I, to see, see I, I went to a Catholic high school, but I wouldn't describe myself as even like being raised Catholic. But I, I guess yeah. I, I am Catholic. I still enjoyed Risen just yeah. as a movie, actually. I thought, good, I thought it was it actually was good pretty movie. good. Yeah. But I never saw Noah, but that kind of flopped. Yeah. That was, yeah. So... I, I'm, I'm just, I don't know, like, if we're ready for <laughs> action it's, Bible. Again, it's it's all, it's it's walking a very thin line. Because you could offend people who are more religious than, say, me. But someone like me who has a passing familiarity with the stories. There, there are some great stories in the oh, Bible. Oh, yeah. Like, forget about the religious connotation for a second. Just as stories, there's some interesting ones in there. Old Testament was crazy. Oh, the Old Testament? There's so much going on there. <laughs> so... Yeah. Anyways, we'll see. We'll see what happens it, because it's been languishing for so long. Yeah, who's yeah. even to say? But Michael B. Jordan's also a good actor. It just it does sound like a very odd. She just sounds corny. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> okay. Next headline. Diana Ross wishes we could just go back to pretending the Michael Jackson allegations don't exist. Not a great plan. Don't we all? <laughs> so, she tweeted this week, and this is a quote. This is what's on my heart this morning. I believe and trust that Michael Jackson was and is a magnificent, incredible force to me and to many others. Stop in the name of love. End quote. So that was kind of the... What? That's Yeah, I don't really even understand like what she's getting at. Essentially, she was like, I knew Michael Jackson and he was a great person. So like, let's stop with the allegations. I think like sometimes like older celebrities come out of the woodwork during times like these and my next headline has to do with that it's barbara streisand also made some interesting comments this week and it's kind of like they're from like a different time you know what i mean like their sensibilities and that do you want me to tell you well throw out that headline okay so barbara Barbara streisand this week made some comments and then she came out saying she's profoundly sorry for the comments on michael jackson's accusers that she made so within one week she made really and then distasteful and then backtracked so she what barbara streisand said was um uh, and this is a quote from the article noting that while she believed robson and safe chuck were molested she did not believe the experience had impacted them permanently she said jackson's sexual needs were his sexual needs coming from whatever childhood he has or whatever dna he has she said, you can say molested, but those children, as you heard, um, as you heard say the grown up Robson and Safe Chuck, they were thrilled to be there. They both married and they both had children, so it didn't kill them. So that was Barbara Streisand's I'm, original comment. W- OK. <laughs> and so I, so Barbara Streisand, Diana Ross, huge figures, like 
huge pop culture phenomenas, but they're from a different time. Yes, yeah. And I feel like because they're older, their sensibilities are kind of dated. So they say, it's kind of like when your grandparents say, like, racist things. And, and you just think, <laughs> there's nothing I can do. Yeah. You're not really going to change now. <laughs> so <laughs> like, what do I do in this situation? Yeah. So, you know, I think at the end of the day... Um, you know, whether or not Michael Jackson is guilty of the things he's being accused of, we're in a period of time where um, victims now have a voice to state their stories. And important to note that they did not have that before. And yeah. that's the growth we're trying to see here is that people have a voice, especially those who, who you know, were victims to to express and be heard. So it's really detrimental when you have huge stars like Barbara Streisand and Diana Ross come out and say, you know, I think we should just kind of like, well, what Barbara Streisand said was, yeah, they were molested, but like, it didn't kill them. Yeah, they 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 had like a family. Well, that means nothing. Yeah, she's like, they seem to have been having a good time. Oh, oh (laughs) dear. And then Diana is saying, we should just kind of sweep this under the carpet. Let's just remember Michael for his, you know, what for what he was, a musician. So anyways, these comments are not productive to the discussion we're kind of trying to have about victims no, and no. victimhood. So, oh, my gosh, what a week. <laughs> what a week. And we only got through half our headlines and we're pretty much done. So do you want one? Do we have time for one more? Very quickly. We just can't comment on it. <laughs> OK. New Bill and Ted movie is allegedly hitting theaters in 2020. Not a great plan. I don't care. I, I don't care about Bill or Ted. It's going to be them, Bill the original actors. Oh, really? Yeah, it's set in now, present day. They're middle-aged friends. and Wait, isn't that Keanu Reeves? <laughs> yeah, and, and the other guy. The other guy? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. There you have it, Bill and Ted. Um, this, is, this is a strange episode. Yeah. That we're just done now. I mean, heavy, heavy headlines. So many comments. We're in a mood. I don't know what's happening. What an episode. It was, we took you on a ride. We did. And I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, or maybe it wasn't quite your tempo, which will play us out. But um, go see some movies. There you go. Not quite my tempo.